0: There we come blue and white and we're looking good till we're in for a fight and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job and we get goals good, looking good, We are all united.
1: Hello everyone, you're listening to the Broson Beagle. The number one place to get your car out fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney.
2: And I'm Dan McLennan.
1: It's looking like the players for United as they blow the chance to challenge for a top three spot on the final day after a 3 2 home defeat to Salford City. We look back on some of the controversial events of that game before looking ahead to the final game of the regular season as United travel to London. To face Sutton United, I should have said there, ran out a little bit of time in the intro, but I didn't want to spoil. Well, it
2: was only about the 48th time in recording, <sighs> wasn't it, Lee?
1: I don't know why I made it so complicated this week, it's just, just ridiculous, but uh, yeah, feeling a bit gutted about last weekend, isn't it? With all the results the way it went the other way, you know, we could have been going to this game looking for that top three spot, couldn't we? Mm, an indifferent performance last week. I think you've probably been quite kind there, to be honest. It wasn't great for the for the vast majority of it, but it certainly picked up towards the end. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss the events at the end of the game, won't we, uh, shortly. But, um, yeah, looking like the playoffs now, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really complain about that after last season, can you? No, let's
2: be honest. If you were told at the start of August that we would uh, be going into the last day pretty much assured of the playoffs barring a complete you know, balls up at the end, so you'd, you'd, have, you'd have went, thanks very much.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. We've got plenty to cover anyways, Dan, so let's get into it, shall we? First of all, we're going to tell you about uh, this season's obviously sponsor of the podcast. You've been backing us brilliantly this campaign. Also, where you can subscribe to the podcast and how to get in contact with us. We'd like to say a big thank you to the Kyle United Sports Club London Branch for once again sponsoring the podcast this season. The London Branch is open to all Carl United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games, and fundraising for the club. This season, they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all good podcast apps, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Basically, search for the Brunton Bugle, click subscribe, and then when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification to tell you to download it and listen to it at your leisure. Also, if there's an option to review on any of those apps, please do so. If you can give us a five-star review, that'd be really lovely. It's a great way for us to get the message out about the podcast and so more people can learn about it. And uh, yeah, we can spread the word even more. You can also find us on social media, at Brunson Bugle, on Instagram and Twitter. If you go onto Facebook and search for the Brunson Bugle, click like as well, you can follow our page. Uh, we're also on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group, and also on the Buzzies Back message board, the new message board that's replaced the communes.net. Uh, and also, if you want to drop us an email, Bugle at gmail.com. Right then, Dan, let's get into it. News time. Uh, first up, I mean, it's, it's the bit of news where... With... We, we didn't delay the podcast recording for this reason, but we basically were able to record it the other day, were we? So we thought, let's do it Saturday, so we might know about the news, about the uh, appeal against John Mellish's suspension. And unfortunately, it's been unsuccessful, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, no surprise, really,
2: in my opinion.
1: No, it, it's, it's one of those ones, and I can kind of get why people are saying, oh, he didn't push him in the face or anything, and, you know, it, it's no different to what Watt did. I think the way they're going to be looking at it is, is the level of force used. Yeah. Yes, Watt shoves him in the back, but it's not that big of a shove. Mellish, I don't think he intends to shove him that hard. And I've absolutely no doubt that Elliot Watt made an absolute meal of it deliberately to try and, you know, I think he could have stumbled backwards and not fallen on the floor holding his face, definitely. Yeah. But you've you've basically did it right in front of the referee. You're giving him a decision to make, aren't you? It, it's silly.
2: Also, one thing that a lot of fans appear to have missed, what actually got booked for his part.
1: Yeah, and that's the reason why he can't get retrospective yeah, further yeah. punishment, because he has you been know, booked.
2: It's like, yeah, and, you know, obviously most Carlisle fans didn't notice this because they were too busy, you know, uproar about Mellish. But when, when I looked on the like of soccer base and the score sites, it actually showed what yellow card, so yeah. it's, he... he he got booked, and yeah. basically that ends his involvement. But if we if we do get into the playoffs and we play Salford, I think we should pick and Harris to start the game. <laughs> pick after, up his booking. After what? After three minutes, get a booking, then bring him off. Get, get well, his, that's, regular, that's his,
1: his, his regular booking whenever he comes on. Jadon Harris is the guarantee, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Elliot Watt's going to get a lovely warm welcome in the playoffs if we happen to play them. in that, isn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just, it is it is embarrassing though, to put a hole in your face when you've been shoved in the chest like that and it's not even discreet but there you go anyway we'll, we'll talk about Mellish's record in the uh, match review section um, next up Dan we're going to talk about the uh, end of season awards um, mm. no real surprises here is there
2: not really no
1: no obviously uh, Owen Moxon shock horror basically swept the ball he? essentially in you go through the list, and he he, he won pretty much all of. Them. He won, you know, the, the Star Reader of the Year, QOS, QSat, uh, London Branch, um, season ticket holders. You know, he's basically. I mean, not a massive shock that is it, really?
2: No, no, and uh, you know, it just adds to his uh, CV, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, take away on Moxon, other ones, uh, Christian Dennis getting Players Player of the
1: Year. It's the one they all want, isn't it, the player? So he'll be mm. really chuffed with that, I think. So, yeah. And I think that's a little testament to the amount of work he puts in, because I think I I think we, we certainly talk about on here, don't we? But I think a lot of fans don't appreciate the amount of running that he actually does in games, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Know... He's,
2: he's also as we've mentioned before he's one of the fittest lads in the squad by all accounts yeah, yeah. not the quickest yeah. that we know that but he, he, he yeah. works
1: and works and works is not he so brilliant
2: uh, The Vesterwell player of the season which is the most man of the matches yeah. isn't it? it was actually John Mellish
1: yeah that was really nice to see
2: actually to yeah. see John
1: get an award and...
2: uh, I don't think it was a surprise Kai Nugent got youth team player of no. the year this is <laughs> the only one to get a, a deal yeah uh, Toby Shaw Silver PFA community player of the season he uh He's done a lot in the community, yeah. uh, a yeah. lot of it unheralded, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, he had his event the other week. and He, go, he goes on,
1: doesn't he, doing a lot of stuff with um, with youth team players, not just at our club, but other clubs as well, I think, actually, doesn't yeah, he's, he? Yeah, really he's got,
2: a, like, a little foundation and stuff. He's mm. just he's just a genuinely good bloke, yeah, you know. Definitely. And, uh, obviously,
1: uh, Edmo got the uh, champagne moment for the uh, London branch. Um, yeah. for his goal at Swindon couldn't argue too much with that I might say Joe Garner's tackle against it. Yeah. I build, uh, um...
2: <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack Armour's goal at that Swindon game goal of the season yes I that was that's... voted
1: for on the night wasn't it um, yeah that one, honestly, for me, is between him and Taylor Charles. And I think looking at most of the comments online, that seemed to be yeah. just tipping in Jack's balance, I think, there, wasn't it? But, uh, and then
2: the, the one other award, uh, Chelsea Norris, Ladies Team Player of the Year. Uh, yeah. Ladies Team won the Cumberland Cup this week. Yes, they did.
1: Fantastic. Beating
2: Penrith on penalties. I do believe Chelsea plays in goals. Yeah. Someone correct me if I'm wrong yes, afterwards. Yes, she does. She does, yes. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they won a penalty shootout down at Penrith through fantastic. the week. So well, well done to them.
1: Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Um, Right, uh, moving on, Dan. uh, One we missed last week, and I do apologise for missing this one. It was just, I think it happened earlier in the week and we just didn't pick it up. Got to give a shout out to United Ground staff again, haven't we, Dan? For the amazing job they've done this season and they've been recognised by the UFL. Yeah, uh, I've
2: I've been down in the ground a few times this season sorting flags and stuff. Mm. And every time I walk in, it's striking how good a pitch we have. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I noticed, it was it Newport won our division?
1: Yeah, it was. Which sad. is,
2: which is prob- probably credit to the work that they've finally got round to doing yes. there.
1: Yeah, it does look much better than it ever has doesn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, but yeah. But ours is like a, it's like a bowling green or a snooker table, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I've gone in, Dave Mitchell's walking along fine cutting it. Yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> Perfectionist, is I'm, 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 I'm sure Dave sleeps on that pitch to keep an eye, <laughs> eye on it, you know. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah. No, joking apart, it's uh, it's yeah. it's one of the best yeah. in the league. Always yeah. has been and probably always will be.
1: Yeah, Newport County were the winners in our division and both United and Stockport County were highly commended. I think he gets highly commended at least every season, doesn't he? If he doesn't win yeah. so just yeah. just goes to show how consistent he is with the job. Brilliant. Uh, one last bit of news before we do a quick loan watch roundup, Dan. Um, this one uh, you, you picked out uh, yesterday. Um, it's the new EFL TV deal to Sky. has been confirmed, hasn't it? Yeah, uh
2: EFL and Sky announced last night that the, the next T V deal which starts twenty four twenty five through to twenty eight twenty nine, uh that's that's uh, being announced and there's you know, I mean, we've only got the basics so far. Uh there's gonna be a hell of a lot of meat on the bones. It wouldn't surprise me if Nigel Clibbins did an article on the club site in the next few days because he's he's usually pretty on the ball with this sort of stuff. But, yeah, there's going to be a hell of a lot more live football. Uh, Especially for League 2 and League 1. Each weekend set of games, there's going to be 10 EFL games broadcast, five from the Championship and five from League 1 or 2. So, I I would imagine there'll probably be an agreement that every team gets at least, say, I don't know, two appearances yeah. up until, I think it mentioned something about first round of the Cup weekend.
1: Yeah, that's all that should be sorted then, up until then.
2: Then after then, I would suggest it would probably focus more on promotion and relegation battles, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Which you can understand. I mean, the hope yeah. is that it's not just Salford and Wrexham all the time. One, one,
2: one, one thing I did notice was the distribution of the money's changed. It's mm. uh, League 2 only getting 8%. So it is it is a bigger, it's a, a bigger split. The money will go up, but... Yeah,
1: not as much as it could have The
2: percentage done. has come down, you know, so it's... Yeah. But I suppose
1: you, know, you get... Do you get more money when your game showed live, I suppose, maybe? A little I don't more?
2: know. And we'll, we'll see, and... You know, one, one, one major thing to note is the blackout has remained. The quarter to three to quarter past five, that's uh, that's in place till 2029. There were suggestions that may disappear. But it'll yeah. be, I, th- I think we'll have, I mean, Sky do it at the moment where championship nights are showing several matches yeah. at once. So it's, it's, it's going to be a cross between Sky Sports and iFollow, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what it seems to be. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Uh, right, I've let's... got one, one other go on. piece of news. Oh, yes, you do. Uh,
2: Sorry. Yes, there is a Legends match at Penrith. Carlisle United Legends against Penrith AFC Legends at Frenchfield Park. Sunday the 21st of May, 2pm kickoff. off uh, £5 admission, concessions, £3 children, 3 <laughs> I do believe the money is going for MND, Motor Neuron Disease Research. So uh, if you've got nothing to do on that Sunday, which will be the day after the second leg of the playoff, get yourself through to Penrith. Uh, Mm. I'm told the likes of Paul Proudlock, Darren Edmondson, Richard Procast, Danny Granger, Gav Skelton, Jeff Thorpe and Grant Holt guest appearance. Uh, So...
1: Ooh, interesting. That sounds good. Excellent Ooh. stuff, Dan. Right. Lone watch time. Sorry, to, I, while you were talking there, I had to spot, mute myself because I was struggling a bit. So I do apologise. Um, right, lone watch time. Max Killsby up first, Dan. To Annan, yes, they secured the point they needed, didn't they? To get a playoff place at the end of the season. Still one game left to go for them, but um, a nil-nil draw at home against their uh, second bottom side, Bonnie Rig Rose, was enough to... Uh, Get them that point they needed. Yeah, um,
2: they they play the last game today. Yeah. Uh, this afternoon, and I saw a post on Annan's Facebook yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, they will be home to either Dumbarton or Clyde right. in the semi-final at quarter to eight. So if you're if you're at a loose end, there's a game for you.
1: Mm, yeah, that'd be a really good And mistake.
2: I do I do believe if it is Clyde, the second leg will be on the Friday night, not the Saturday,
1: right.
2: because Clyde share their ground with Hamilton at the moment.
1: Ah, right, okay, gotcha. That's a bit weird, yeah. is not it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was uh, a nil-nil draw, clean sheet for Max. Uh, also, he was recognised that evening, wasn't he? He's picked yeah. up Annan's Young Player of the Year Award, which is a really good testament to how well he's done there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, fantastic stuff. Uh, their last fixture of the regular season, as you say, t- is today against Tenhouse Uh Greta 2008 um, and Luce Bell, they wrapped up their season on Saturday. Um, <laughs> they went out in the first round of the Lowland League Cup, losing 9-0 at home to East Kilbride. Mm. I mean, yeah, they're into the season. has been an absolute car crash, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, I see Michael Macdonald left, didn't he, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. From the job there, he only joined I think halfway through the season, so not great stuff for him. That's the end of uh, Lucas' time at Gretna. Thirty-three points, is five goals. So, I suppose from a personal viewpoint, it's probably been fairly decent. But he's got game. He's
2: got game time. Yeah. Whether it's at a high enough level, yeah. I mean,
1: realistically, he's probably going to be going at the end of the season. And you'd think from us, you he's, would think, yeah, it's unlikely he's to stay. So, it's a chance for him to kick on in the summer. I mean. Maybe the option there might be there for him to go to Workington because they're going to be playing at a high level next season now, aren't they, Dan? Mm. Fantastic stuff. Kai Nugent, obviously he's been on loan there, got his uh, professional contract and played a big part as Workington uh, beat Lunk- Runcon Linitz 2-1 after extra time in this one. Um, Kai actually set up uh, Workington's equalising this because uh, Runcon had taken the lead but he played a lovely low ball in that um, one of the defenders deflected into his own net and he actually then hit the bar as well with a long range effort in the second half and... Uh, they managed to get the winner in injury time and, uh, yeah, brilliant stuff for Kai, isn't it? You know, to have a promotion under his belt already is, is, is just... It's what you want from players when they go on these loan spells, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's He's had solid football. He's he started, he's not come off the bench and yeah. he's been involved in a team that's pretty much winning most of the time and you know that, that playoff involvement and subsequent win, would uh, be great experience. And there was three thousand at Reds for that playoff final, which considering we had nearly eleven thousand at home on the yeah. same day, it was bloody good going. You I, know?
1: I think it was actually two and a half in the end, of just over two and a half. I thought it'd be about three because it's that's the capacity, but actually with the segregation stuff, I think they've reduced it quite a bit. So yeah, right well. two two and a half still. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, considering Salford has struggled to get that many at home a lot of the time this season, yeah.
2: have not yeah. they? Well, uh, funny enough, I was I was looking at potential playoff away games. Uh, I think Salford's average season is two thousand eight hundred. It would be interesting to know what it was when you take away followings out because a lot of teams have took a thousand there.
1: Well, I, I think when we went there, what was the attendance that day? I can't remember. It was it. wasn't that big, and we 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 had it was
2: only about three, two or something, and we had like yeah. fourteen hundred nearly. Yeah.
1: So I mean, that's quite telling, isn't it? Quite telling. But there yeah. you go. Right. Let's get into it then, Dan. Ah, um, uh, United two, Salford City three. Mm. Not good, is it? Really, unfortunately, you know, it's it's it was. You don't want to be too negative after such a good season, but it just kind of felt like a big missed opportunity. This one, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It just... I, I don't know. I, I put my finger on it, really. But it's... it, it Going into the start of the game, big cry, I, 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 did you feel nervous going into this one? I had a little bit of feeling of nervousness. No. I mean, you, you, you actually missed the goals, didn't you, initially, this whole thing goals, I think. And, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you had to disappear quickly for... Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It just... Yeah. The first half, just... Didn't turn up. That's that's the problem. We we just didn't yeah, really turn yeah. up, and we, it's not happened much that season, has it?
2: No, uh, and it just it looked looked sluggish. I mean, obviously, I missed the ten minute period where they scored their two goals because mm. my lad started feeling ill, so I had to run him home quickly. Yeah, which was an ideal, but mm. uh, no, just which didn't look and sound good, and you know it's. I think we've sort of put to bed the 4-3-3 argument now, haven't
1: we? Yeah, well, we'll we've got that as a talking point for later on. Yeah. I think it is an important thing to talk about. But <clears throat> in terms of the team selection beforehand, Simo did stick with that 4-3-3 from against Barrow. The only change was Amari Patrick in in the place of the suspended J.K. Gordon, obviously welcoming back Taylor Charles on the bench, which was nice to see. Were you surprised that he stuck with it? That he literally just made that one change? Uh, yes
2: and no. Because, you know, we won the week before, so, mm. you know, you always say don't change a winning team, but
1: uh, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It really is, it really is, isn't it? But there you go. Um, let's get into the game then, Dan. I mean, as you said, first half, you, you were there to see the goals, but you've seen them back. They're two really sloppy goals to concede, aren't they? It's, I mean, i will probably be a bit harsh because it is good play by Salford, but at the same time, we've got to do better in that situation, surely? Yeah. I mean, first goal up for Colin Hendry. Um, it had been quite even up until that point, but then suddenly just hit us on the break and they stepped up a gear, um, caught us on the cold. It's a nice free ball from Louis Barry for Luke Bolton, but it's the first time this season I've seen Jack Armour really get done in that situation, mm. isn't it? It, it? it was kind of like, Oof, this isn't good to watch. Um, yeah, Luke Bolton get past him into that. Uh, past Armour on the left, on the Salford right? I should say cutting the ball back to Callum Hendry for a pretty easy finish past uh, Holy wasn't it really and from that point we were a little bit shell-shocked and it's kind of like okay that's the point where you sort of compose yourself pick things up and don't do anything silly five minutes later we're 2-0 down aren't we yeah and it's I think this is probably the most frustrating of the lot isn't it this goal I think because there's nothing really on and Luke Bolton just picks up the ball just inside the United half. It gets a little bit easily away from armour again. But you've still got a bit to do from there. You get into the edge of the box with no one really putting a challenge in. Hits a shot. <clears throat> now, there's an argument. Do you think Holy should do better with this? Hey, yes, no. It's, it's a tough, tough one because I'm convinced at the time and the way it was hit that he took a deflection.
0: Yeah. You
1: can't see that from the main footage because just cause of the angle. It looks, the camera unfortunately doesn't stay still enough on the pitch side blues to see if it does. I think it flicks slightly off Barclays heel, and that's what catches out Holy a little bit on this. But with a stronger wrist, maybe better positioning, he maybe should be stopping that one, shouldn't he?
2: Yeah.
1: That, that's the frustration. At that point, it was just like the key thing here is to, to not concede another, because if we concede another, then Solve the Go ahead of us, don't they? Yeah. Because the, because of the goal difference, basically, they would have scored more goals than us. It would be goals scored, they'd be going ahead. So at that point, we just had to try and keep calm and get through to half-time, which we did into the second half. Because um, they had a couple more chances in the first half. We didn't really have any clear... I'm trying to recall a decent chance for us. There's not on the extended highlights. Can you think of any? No, no. No, It's a bit of a weird one. Um, this is the second half. Simone made that switch, went back to the back three, brought on Arthur McCallman. I thought had a really good impact on the game. Actually, I thought his harrying made a big difference. We got at them and it's interesting. A mate of mine, Ian sent me a message saying, the thing we need to do here half time is make that tactical change, but don't push too much. Keep it as tight as you can and then have a real go for it in the last 10, 15 minutes. And what do you know? That's what we did really. Ian for manager, I think. Um, 77th minute, we got the goal back. Um, he had one chalked off not long before that. The offside goal. Do you think that was offside, Garner's header? I don't think it was. It's hard. To, my initial thought at the time was he didn't look it. It's hard to tell on the video, isn't it? You can't. He's out of shot, unfortunately, so you can't really see. And the pitch side one doesn't do any good either. Really, I mean, you need a, probably the camera angle from the other side, actually, to show you really whether he is or not, mm. unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, for this one, Garner wins the initial free kick. 40 yards out on the right Moxon sends in a, a, a brilliant ball. He hasn't done those for quite a while as we've been bemoaning it a little bit but he's a brilliant ball in and that's the Gojo Gardner you remember isn't it? Bullet header from about 12 yards out into the yeah, back of the net. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Crowds suddenly lifted. Suddenly Salford are looking a bit shaky. They're starting to make a couple of subs to try and tighten things up a little bit. It and was then, very similar to Stockport. Yeah. Yeah, in that sense. you know, Just the lift the crowd gave us was was, was massive and then the penalty incident. Um, so again, it's a ball played in from Moxon. Finds Garner. Initially, he plays the ball back across. He's on the floor, but he manages to get up quickly. And then Shepard just bundles him over, doesn't he? And there's no doubt mm. it's a penalty. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And then the, the red card incident. <sighs> Mellish sort of... What hand is sticking out? He sort of slaps it, doesn't he, really? Sort of a high-five-ish, sort of jokey way. What pushes him in the back? Mellish his what in the chest? Chest, you know... What goes down holding his face. Ref sends him off. And at mm. that point, it was just so frustrating because there was kind of a feeling that was our chance of winning the game. Blown, wasn't it? Yeah. Down to 10. You just never really thought you had any chance. <laughs>
2: down to 10, but about to take a penalty.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just that point you think, that it's just, that's yeah. that's what's most annoying. It, that,
2: that doesn't happen very often, that you get your own man sent off
1: and as a, a penalty's
2: pel- just being given for you.
1: Yeah, it's just just ridiculous. Christian Dennis stepped up, got his 20th league goal of the season with a well-taken penalty. Waited for Cairns to move, didn't he? He's very good at that, actually, Dennis. I've noticed that with his penalty. Waited for Cairns to move. Put the ball the other way. Gets us back in. He actually got booked in the aftermath. Did you notice that? Kicking the ball away. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, uh, When Dennis, when when you watch it, especially on the pitch side, Blues 1, he doesn't actually stop running when he stutters. You know, some players literally come to a halt and then move but he's still he's still in motion when he stutters he, he does just it slows very, very it down cute. a like, lot doesn't he yeah. which is and it just allows the keeper to make that first move and he knows straight away yeah. well, I'm going the other way you know yeah.
1: it's great great penalty Um and then uh you know the whole point was you know you, you you want to keep it tight that point don't you and unfortunately we were a bit of a mess with Mellish obviously haven't gone off for the red card and then Devitt pulls up chasing down the keeper I think deep in their half we're effectively down to nine and in the big gap where Mellish had been at left centre back Bolton cuts in from the right and, and curls one into the top corner doesn't he to to grab the winner for Salford and, you know, the there,
2: was a, different... there was a deflation when that went
1: yeah. in Mike yeah and their fans obviously all 400 of them made a, a racket um yeah, and I think the most annoying thing was the fact that two minutes later, the ball goes up for nine minutes added on and you're like, <laughs> "Yeah." If, if we had 10 men on the pitch, 11 men on the pitch even, you're going Well, it if there, we had yeah.
2: a, if we had 11 men, we would never have conceded the the, the third.
1: Yeah. And we'd been pushing on and they would have probably made more something to try and keep with, it tight. With 10 men,
2: I think we would still have had a great go, right go at them, but, you know, Devitt limping off, it's
1: just, it's not happening, is it? Killed it there. Killed it at that point. To be fair what I'd say is actually in that injury time we'd done it off we managed it really really well we had most of the ball we basically just yeah, said yeah. we said right let's just keep it keep it keep it have a go get it back keep it keep it and it, it was I'd say game management wise it actually was really really good we never really looked like we were going to score but it's as much as we could have done in that situation you don't want to concede another and put yourself in a difficult situation going into the last game do you so yeah that's fair enough that was um, and yeah that was it it's it, just, just really frustrating, wasn't it, to come out and think that that was a chance to really give ourselves a go in the last game? But there was fight and spirit there, wasn't there? And that's what we've seen oh, yeah, when go behind definitely. the games. That, that's the, the thing that really impressed me. But there you go. Right, uh, should we do some six-second reviews before we do uh, some talking points, Dan? Um, yeah. First up, we've got uh, Mike. He was there at the game with me. He sent me in his six-second review.
3: It was just another game highlighting the piss-poor standard of referees at this level. Um, He got a a few calls massively wrong. Um, The Mellish red card, looking back, I think was harsh. Uh, But Mellish shouldn't have given him that decision to make by putting his hands up there. Um, Garner's goal disallowed. Shocking. You know, looked clearly onside. Um, But yeah, you know, it was an entertaining game. Uh for the neutrals, I think. Um and once again we've shown that Salford do not like us changing formation midway through a game, uh, which is something that we should maybe bear in mind for the playoffs.
1: No, just a fair point, isn't it, really? That they, 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 they struggle to adapt themselves, Salford, when a formation gets changed during a match. So I still think we stick the problem is now you haven't got that option to push Mellish into midfield, have you? <laughs> Mm. That's gone, so you you've lost that option to change. Almost, I think that's you, you really need that to be able to do that without making a sub. So, um, yeah, that's one to consider, I guess, isn't it? Really, right? Should we do Regan six second review as well? Yeah, let's hear Regan. Had to say,
0: um, I think on the football side of it, we were actually pretty good. I think starting a fight a five at the back would have been a lot better because moving Melish causes is a bit more chaos and. I think that would have worked better against uh, against Salford but in terms of the game we kind quite happy they're really good attacking wise um, and we did well against them. Um, prob- maybe one we could have won but you know the red card changes things and on the red card I think a lot's been said about it. Um, I don't think we'll win the appeal and I think Mellis has just been a bit of an idiot to be honest. Um, everybody tries to drag him into them sort of things and he's just fell for it and As good as he's been, it could cost us massively in the playoffs because he's such an important player in our team and in both systems that we've played this season. So a lot of praise being put towards him throughout the season, but you can't argue that he's been an absolute idiot. Um, Got to end the season well. I think playoffs is pretty much guaranteed, but it's Carlisle, so it might not be easy. So end the season well at Sutton and then on to the playoffs up the blues.
1: Obviously, we don't get the catchphrase because we didn't win. He never does it if we don't do it, does he? So, so there you go. Um, can't argue as much as that, can, you, Dan? No, no. Uh... I mean, in terms of talking, I was just straight into it then because he he touched on the uh, the tactical decision, didn't he? And I think Simo himself said after the game he got a bit too caught up in the 4-3-3 excitement, didn't he? And should have gone with the 5 at the back for this one. I mean, I sort of hinted it in my thoughts before the game, didn't I? I think... Uh was, was it Mike who was on last week? Because I can't remember. God, it was a week yeah, ago. It was Mike. Yeah, yes, so you obviously weren't on. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts were before the game in terms of the formation.
2: Um, I'd say when you win a game away from home like we did, you know, you can understand why we kept the same. Mm. But you know, like I said earlier, hindsight is a wonderful, wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, it I, I, it kind of feels like it. This is the problem we've got in terms of players and things like this. If we're playing against Stockport, we're in a bit of trouble, aren't we? Because at that point, Barkley can't feature. So it, it's kind of, you're hoping if you're going to play against Stockport, it's going to be in the final because then Mellish will be back for it <laughs> to sort in at left centre-back, won't he? So it, that, that's what you're hoping if if, if that happens. It, it's kind of, in terms of the rest of it, what we do, well, we'll discuss that when we do the preview section for the certain game. Um, but yeah, I think I think Simo, the impression I got from Simo is he's going to go back to the 5 2 now, isn't he? Whatever happens this weekend. I think that's mm-hmm. one to one to discuss for the uh, preview section. Um, well, let's talk a little bit again about, we've done a little bit on it already, but we'll, we'll wrap it up. Mellish and his red card in discipline costing United. Probably a chance of the three points. I mean, yeah, as we said, it's soft, but easily avoidable. If he stays on the pitch, I think we probably going to win it. I genuinely do. I think we had the momentum at that point And with the nine minutes, as well, having that much time to do it. That would have made a big difference, I think. It might have been about seven or eight, actually, because you've probably lost the two minutes of delay from the red card and for the penalty and stuff like that. But, yeah, it, it kind of feels like blew our chance. Um, one thing I will say about this, and I don't know if you think the photo understand, I'm not having the rewriting of history about him from our fans, from some of them. Not from our fans, but some of our fans about Mellish. There's some people saying he's a liability. You know, he should have been dropped ages ago. Not good enough. It's nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. he's He's been excellent this season. He's made a big difference whether he's played in defence or when he's dropped into midfield. Maybe not so much when he started at 4 in midfield. I get that. When he's moved mid-game, it's been much better. But he drives us forward. He's the fight. He's the spirit in the team. and And we've always known he plays on the edge, haven't we? You know? And some of of the great players of all time, I'm not comparing them, but, you know, they they play on the edge, you know, that's the way they play. You take away that little bit of narkiness, that little bit of winding up with opposition players, you don't get as good a player, do you? No, of course you don't. You know,
2: he's, uh, he he very much is the stereotypical heart on his sleeve. Yeah. All action, all or nothing, you know. and. He will always, always, as soon as he crosses a line, you're getting 100% effort. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, with that type of player, very, very occasionally, it will go wrong. Unfortunately, it's gone wrong at a bit of a key time. But, yeah, it's
1: the timing, you know, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing.
2: I, I, I think, I mean, one thing that's not really being mentioned, but nobody will be hurting more than John Mellish himself. He was
1: like... He'll unions... be
2: absolutely wounded.
1: Yeah, because he knows it's his fault. He knows he's the one who's messed up. He, you only had to look at him when he came, he, you know, he pulled his shirt up over his head, didn't he? He couldn't face look at the crowd because he was that gutted at what he'd done. And you know, for a fact, he's got him and had a bollocking off his mum as well, don't you? <laughs> you can guarantee you will have had that definitely off her. So, so yeah, no, uh, look, he's got three games out to think about it now. and just, you know, Come back for the playoff final and score the winner. That's the way to look at it, isn't it? With any luck. Yeah, as soon as it happened, I suggested that, sir. So. Exactly, exactly, there you go. Um, terms of players who've come in as subs in this game, I, mean, I haven't put one of them down here, but I want to talk about them in a minute, but Joe Garner's given a bit of food for thought the last couple of games, hasn't he? Came on against yeah. Barrow, made an impact in terms of holding it up and being very steady with his play. In this one, Salford really couldn't cope with him in his aerial threat, could they? No, not at all. He made a big difference, you know, coming on. He had that one disallowed. I mean, was, like we said, we think he probably was on, but it's hard to tell. Brilliant header for the um thing. Got a book in after he scored his header as well, didn't he, for a late attack. I d I don't think it was that bad. I think the player made an absolute meal of it that one, but yeah. think, which again, I don't know if that I can't know if that was what or not, but it wouldn't surprise me, you know. Massive fanny that he is. Um Yeah, so Question, does, does he deserve a bit more of a, a part to play in the playoffs and upcoming games? Well, you, you would
2: suggest, based on that appearance,
1: does he jump ahead of Edmondson in the pecking order? Edmondson struggled a bit. He was playing out wide, we know that, and you know yeah, we know he can yeah. do, but he didn't really ever get into the game no. in this one. He also, I should say, looked like he was limping after the game when the I, players I, I,
2: I, I think I think the rest of the season we will be 5 2
1: Yeah.
2: I, I don't think that's yeah. negotiable now. And if so, Dennis starts. Yeah. And the two players beside him. Uh, J.K. Gordon had a couple of games, looked all right. And Marty Patrick came in.
1: He, he looks better in the make... 4 free free. He looks so much better in the 4 3 well,
2: We all know that. And Patrick suits the wide left in a three. Yeah. He's is not is not a two man, you know. Yeah. So that to me says you start Dennis with either Edmondson or Garner. Yeah. Now the 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 question then is, do you start Garner or do you bring him on around sixty five minutes for half an hour for Edmondson? Yeah. Do you use him in bursts or do you start him? You know.
1: Yeah. That that that's, that's it. It's a good question, isn't it? That if a few games left. Well, I,
2: I, I, I think with the two up front as well, if you are going to use Patrick, it has to be an impact sub so purely yeah. for his pace. Yeah. And the thing
1: when, is, Ga- if, it, when,
2: if you're coming on after 65 70, the game's starting to stretch open anyway, which is yeah. where Patrick can be more effective with yeah. his pace. Yeah.
1: And the thing is, we, we all know for a fact that the playoffs are just chaos, aren't they? Just absolute yeah. chaos. So, interesting to see what happens with that you know and Garner's got the experience of the playoffs as well you know he's won a playoff final so mm. one of those ones you do want to hit Huntington as well obviously he's got the same hasn't he so, so there you go um, Jack Robinson as well I just want to give a quick mention to him I was really impressed when he came on I thought he put some excellent balls into the box there was one particularly he played a really good low ball in that Dennis just couldn't quite get his foot round enough to steer it towards uh, goal right Ryan Edmondson's got a playoff I it? oh yeah of course last season I completely forgot about yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. Fair point, fair point. Um, but yeah, Jack Robinson, Dad, were you impressed with him? when he Yeah,
2: came? yeah. Uh, he's, Simo's already said, you know, he's, he's he's not had much opportunity purely because of ah. Mellish and Armour b- 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 being bloody excellent all season. Yeah. But the time so he has he? come on, he's, he's, he's done his job and he actually got two or three lovely balls across into the box. Mm. In his, uh, his, I, you know, it was interesting that Simo actually subbed Jack Armour because that doesn't yeah. happen often and no. I think Arm- Armour will probably admit he didn't have his best game. No. You know he's, he didn't have I a
1: good game, wanted, but he just wanted to freshen up, but he didn't want to take Melish did he? I think he wanted to keep him. All no, as well. so it's I wish he had took Melish <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? With hindsight, it's wonderful. Yeah. Isn't it? But but there you go. No, I I, I really impress him and, and genuinely the more I see him, the more I'm like I'd have him next season. If you know if if he's, if he's leaving, Borough, I think he's going to be he could someone who could really push. Armour on as well. The two of them competing for that position could be really good.
2: The cool. the, qu- the question is: so we've got Max kilsby as well, haven't we?
1: Yeah, but he's more. I know he's played left back for thing, but he's centre back more. And I do mm. wonder if you can get him timed up, get him out on loan somewhere a little bit higher than Annen next season. Yeah, potentially. You know, you could national league or maybe even a league two if you could get him to there. Possibly that would be really good. But I don't know. But there you go. Um, before we talk about the crowd and do a league two round, I've got to give a mention to Jamie Devitt. Mm. <sighs> He must be absolutely devastated because, you know, he's, he's done really well in recent weeks, coming on in games and affecting. And actually, it should be said, he won a throw-in that led in the lead-up to the um, the first goal, didn't he, for us, where he chased the ball down, down the right, and forced the play to put it out. And, you know, that's what you want to see from him You want to see that work, right? And he'd he done so well. And then straight away, you saw He sat himself down. You were like, oh, that's him done. And yeah, yeah. possibly him done as a Carl United player, maybe.
2: It could possibly be his league career.
1: Yeah, it just kind of it you kind, know, it kind of feels he, like it's... he had
2: his body's slowly giving up on him, isn't it?
1: Yeah, in terms of you know, it, and real the problem is with the sort of injuries he's getting as well. Realistically, is he going to be able to play non-league football that much as well? Just thinking because you know he's mm. going to have to. It's one of those things, and I've said it before. And you look, you don't want to just give people jobs out of sympathy like that. But he's clearly a good, character. He's clearly someone who's a good influence if he's into doing his coaching and stuff and it's something similar, to begin with, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed if he turned up next season as like a, even as a player coach where he can be registered to be player, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You years. could
2: register him for emergencies. Yeah. And if, if, if he's fit, he could maybe play in the trophy games with one or two of the youngsters, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Give them an influence, that kind of thing. I and mean, mm. he's clearly a really, and I think, being it's, a sh- it's a
2: shame we don't have a proper reserve team at Carlisle because yeah. it'd be ideal to sort of look after that a bit.
1: Yeah, I, f- I feel like he's such a good influence around the place. And I, you know what, even having him here this season, even though he's not played that many games, has been a real positive impact. You can see that from all the yeah. videos they're doing stuff. So, yeah, I know that from what I can gather I don't think he actually went to the awards due on uh, Sunday night. I think he was given permission not to come, basically, because he was that upset, so... Real shame. I, I might be wrong about that. Apologies if I am. And he was there, but that—that's that, what I heard from someone. So yeah, it's gutted because we re- we really like him as a player. He's been fantastic to the club. He really has. Um, before we do league to round up, then Dan, another fantastic crowd, wasn't it? And over ten thousand yeah. Blues fans there. Yeah. And it means we end I the think, season.
2: I, I, so, I think when the club said eight thousand on Friday, I thought yeah, ten ten yeah. incoming. You yeah, know,
1: definitely. Ten it was just under eleven thousand, obviously there' about four hundred soul fans, but ten and a half thousand Carl fans and it means we end the season with an average attendance of six six five nine, which is our best in fifteen years.
2: I um, read uh, someone put on I think it's the buzz's back for yeah. the last five games we've averaged nine and a half thousand. Brilliant.
1: Absolutely brilliant. And only one of them's been with a ticket offer, isn't it? So Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: It goes to show. Absolutely fantastic. So we've just got to make sure we harness that for next season, whatever division we're in, don't we? Yeah. Mm. League two round up and down. Um two teams had the chance to secure top three spots. But it was only Stevenish that got the job done, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, I, f- I think we kind of expected this, didn't we? Home game against Grimsby Town. You know, if they had been away, maybe yeah. like it said they might have messed up, but two 0 win against uh, the Mariners. Got Steve Evans' side over the line and into League One for next season. I mean, you know, much as you despise the bloke and you know some of the way their players behave sometimes, you've got to give them credit. They've been In the top three for most of the campaign, haven't they? So they probably deserve it. Yeah, yeah. You you
2: can't knock them. You know, they've uh, they've done well.
1: They've just about got themselves over the line because they had quite a wobble, didn't they? Um, Northampton, meanwhile, they blew their chance uh, as they allowed Bradford City to increase their chances. More on them in a sec, though. Uh, Of a top three finish with an injury time winner secure a 2-1 victory. That means the Cobblers go into their final game of the season at Tranmere. Realistically, needing a win, don't they? Yeah,
2: because uh, Stockport, are home to relegated Hartlepool, and the Stockport are finishing like a train. Our, our 2 2 draw actually looks a good result now. Yeah,
1: it does. It really does.
2: Yeah, um, you'd be very surprised if Stockport don't win.
1: Yeah, so I mean, they got their 3 0 win at uh, Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient means... result. Go on, sorry. Because yeah, of the goal
2: difference, yeah. Northampton need the win. Yeah, But Northampton's problem is Tranmere just announced uh, Ian Dawes as manager this week. So yeah, you've got a, a, an opponent who are basically playing for contracts.
1: Yeah, exactly. They know now that he's the manager. And all right, we've got to impress him in this last game and show we've got the good It attitude, would be so.
2: incredibly harsh if Northampton missed out on the last
1: day again. <sighs> They've they,
2: they got, they got shit on when Scunthorpe played the youth team last
1: season. Yeah, I mean... Yes and no, because Scunfop is shit anyway, so... <laughs> look look, look no, what's no, happened to them.
2: I, I, I don't think they would have been 7-0 if we played Pro- a full team.
1: Probably not, No, but there no. you go. I mean... But uh, I,
2: I I was talking to a couple of uh, mates, and you know, I've got quite a few mates yeah. in Northampton, and uh, one one of them basically said, he said, Dan, if we go in the playoffs, he said, we we'll are finished. He said, because our injuries are still that bad. You know, yeah. he said, I just can't see us in the playoffs doing anything, so...
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And like you say, it's that 3 0 win for Stockport. Quite reminiscent, really, of uh, Lincoln beating us on the last day, wasn't it, in 94 95? And that, you know, (laughs) Leighton Orient were just basically enjoying their party, weren't they? They didn't uh, celebrate on the pitch after. I mean, they did it after the game with the trophy, didn't we? I remember when we did it. We did it before the game, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, which I'm not a fan of. Very strange decision that back in the day, wasn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so fantastic stuff. Um, it, it, what an exciting last day though that's what you want to see though isn't it you don't want a boring last day where everything's sorted so um, Harrogate Town though they did us a favour didn't they because <laughs> well, we, we obviously lost a thing and if Mansfield had won we would have been in a very sticky situation as it is Harrogate Town beat Mansfield 2-1 at Field Mill and that means Mansfield's chances are now hanging by a thread albeit they've been held by a midweek result which we'll get onto in a sec because um, they're now going to the final game of the season facing an informed Colchester side away from home. That had a, a, a really
2: strong end to the season.
1: They're a strange strange side and actually if you know what we always go about who scored dot com and the scores in there which Owen Moxon looks like he's going to end up being the top league two player in there which is brilliant. Luke Armstrong's like 4 4 fifth, I think. Yeah. Like the, he's won a look at. Kind of think the, They've only in? lost one of the
2: last nine. Yeah.
1: Remarkable, one four
2: drawn four and you know I mean you look at the results they drew at late an audience. Yeah. You know the the one away at Newport, the one away at Mansfield. There's oh, only strange. Northampton have beat them in that last nine games. You know, so
1: yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah, so that that's going to be a, a a tough one for uh, for Mansfield. But it should be said, I'm just loading up the League Two table here before I start this. They've been given a bit of a lifeline, haven't they? By uh, Bradford City. <laughs> Because mm. <laughs> Bradford City had a chance in midweek to get a result which not only secured their playoff place but also left them with a, a chance of finishing top three on the final day.
2: Mm. I mean, this this was some game, wasn't it?
1: Spectacular! It, it, very stereotypical Bradford arsing it up and their fans losing their shit on the internet, isn't it? Um, two nil down. I was I I do German lessons on a Wednesday night at the moment, and I uh, I was um, driving back from them. Listening to the halftime report on Five live about this, saying like that basically, Bradford hadn't turned up in the first half, and Crew were just, you know, finding it a bit too easy. Two 0 at halftime to Crew. Into the second half, they got two fairly quick fire goals. Uh, I think they went two one. I think the first one was on forty six, and then the next one was on fifty four to make it two two. But then their fans threw a load of pyro on the pitch, didn't they? A load of smoke bombs, which resulted in the the, the referee taking the players to the touchline and waiting while it was all sorted out. And it took quite a while because that much was thrown on. The result of that was, obviously all the momentum that Bradford had built up was gone. <laughs> they struggled to get anywhere near scoring again. And into the like 10th minute of injury time, former Blue, David Emu got tripped up in the box. Penalty and uh, Chris Long scored to make it 3-2 and... Did did you yeah.
2: exclaim when you were driving along, that's just so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so good. Uh but no um that, that is very good in German for those who don't speak yes, German. Yes. Um I, I have very I have very pigeon German, so Yeah, and to be fair, mine's not a huge amount better at the moment either, but there you go. Um you go. so yeah there was a little bit of a afters after the game as well where um shock horror, Mark Hughes didn't react well to some sort of handshake. He's just a yeah. he loose cannon, isn't he, at times? Him? But but there you go. I mean, I'm not sure why... That, that said, I, as much as Hughes' reaction is a bit OTT, I'm not sure why a crew player is going bragging to Bradford manager when they're finishing 15th in the league, really. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a bit of awareness of where you are, really. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought, but, but there you go. But yes, it means going into the last day, Mansfield uh, in eighth on 72 points with a goal difference of 15. Bradford are 7th, with 75. In fact, there's four teams on 75 points, right? From us in 5th down to Mansfield in 8th, with Brad- Salford six, Bradford in 7th. The goal differences are us on 23, so we're well clear, so we should be fine. Mansfield
2: are on 72.
1: Sorry, they're on 72, I should say. So Mansfield yeah. are chasing, but anyway. So Mansfield on 72, but the three other teams above them are on 75. But Bradford are on 18 goal difference, Salford are on 19, we are on 23. So we should be okay, shouldn't we? Yeah. You'd think. We've got the, looking at it, we've actually still got the third best goal difference in the division. Which considering, you know, we haven't scored that many recently, it's quite frustrating, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But, but there you go. So we look Okay. Salford have got a game. Let me just double-check. I've got these at the end here somewhere. They've um, got at home. Salford have got Gillingham at home, which not an easy time, to be fair. Yeah, Gillingham are ending the season well. You know, I'm just scrolling down the table. I mean, They're still in pretty decent form. They've lost a couple in the last six, but you know, still getting results when they need. Um, and Bradford are at home against Leighton Orion, which, yes, they didn't turn up against... Um, Stockport, but you'd imagine maybe they've been told, right, you've had your trophy celebrations, let's end on a high here. So it wouldn't be totally amazing if Orion got at least a point there, which would be enough for Bradford, obviously, but we'd have to see. And then, um, obviously, Mansfield are away at Colchester, so that's not an easy tie either. So of the, of the teams left there, we've got the easiest tie of the lot because we're playing the team that are not in form at all, <laughs> which is yeah. uh, ironic, isn't it, really? But there you go. Right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back to preview the Hudson game.
0: Hi, I'm Owen Moxon, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle.
1: Only one man to cover this week for the halftime break, wasn't there really, Dan? The the award winner Ooh. himself, you know. And also, I should say, he drew level on assists with Elliot Watt at the weekend, didn't he? Because Watt didn't assist any of Salford's goals, so he's got 15 for the season. So if he can get an assist here, and hopefully Watt doesn't get one against Gilligan, that would be him top assister in, League yeah. two in his first season, which is a fantastic achievement, really. And considering Watt hasn't scored a goal this season either, and Moxon's got six, because all around his contribution has been brilliant hasn't it uh, right preview time done um, I'm going to look ahead to the final game of the regular season against Sutton United um, before we do the behind enemy lines Mike has done us a question now I asked him to do one he, he was struggling maybe for a certain one so I said if you don't can't think of a certain one think of a End of season themed one, maybe, or something like that. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so, interesting to see what he's come up with. So let's hear. After, what...
2: after this, we've also got John Coleman's question, which is a great one.
1: Yes, we're, and we really, really struggled with that, didn't we? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. So here's Mike's question of the week.
3: Now, it's not too common an occurrence that the last game of the season for us isn't a Saturday three o'clock kickoff like it is this year. When was the last time that our last match of the season was not a Saturday three o'clock kickoff? And I'm not including the COVID season.
1: I think I know this. It was the Exeter game, a few seasons ago. It was a half five kickoff.
3: I'm but afraid. was it a
2: Saturday?
1: But he said Saturday three o'clock, didn't he?
2: Oh, as just three o'clock.
3: I think yeah. that's what he meant. Yeah, I think. Should we let's check the question again. <laughs> Now, it's not too common an occurrence that the last game of the season for us isn't a Saturday three o'clock kickoff like it is this year. When was the last time that our last match of the season was not a Saturday three o'clock kickoff? And I'm not including the COVID season.
1: Well, there you go. That's it. Yeah, it? It, yeah, it was yeah. the half-five kickoff against Exeter when we won 3-2 to get in the playoffs and then went and arsed yeah. up against Exeter in the playoffs as well. So, great stuff. Right, uh, let's listen to the answer. I hope I'm right Then there's not been one since that I've missed.
3: It was 2017 when we got a thrilling 3-2 win away at Exeter City um, and it kicked off at half-past five on a Saturday.
1: There you go, mm. I knew it was that because I always remember the fact that I looked at, into going on the train to that one and you couldn't actually get back on the train obviously. Cause we played
2: Exeter City four times that season we beat them 3-2 at home, 3-2 away drew 3 all up here in the playoffs and then got beat 3-2 down at theirs.
1: Did we beat them 3-2 at home? I thought they beat us 3-2 yeah. at our place. No, no, oh. we we won Just about on aggregate. We, I'm,
2: sure, I'm sure we won 3-2 up here. Oh, well, there you go. I I'm get... just looking now
1: ridiculous set! Of yeah games we actually. won we won 3-2 in november it just shows what a ridiculous set of games we played it against jamie
2: Devitt was sent off last
1: minute yes i remember that i wasn't I, <laughs> see, I seem to remember it was a bit of a nasty challenge as well the kind of thing you yeah. figure with Devitt is he, he likes to get stuck in doesn't he you know he's a flare mm. you know attacking midfielder but he, he works hard but there you go right uh the, the other question
2: uh john corman set us a, he's obviously been delving in the archives at uh newspaper house and he's set us a a picture teaser named the trialist we don't think we've got the answer on this one it's annoying the hell out of me because i'm i'm sure i recognize this player but i think i wonder if i'm kidding myself because i stared at it for hours on end
1: he kind of looks to me every time i look at it he looks like a not not too young, but sort of a middle aged sort of not middle aged, but yeah mm. middle ish of his career, Alan Shearer. Every time I look at it, it's really annoying me. Every time I look at it, I'm thinking, it looks like has Alan Shearer got a brother that we don't know about or something. It, it. it looks like he'd be
2: Scottish as well sometimes when yeah. I look at him. I mean we did wonder if it was Maurice Scott who was on trial, but I looked at a picture of him two years doesn't earlier like at him. Plymouth and a picture of him actually managing in Wales in his fifties yeah. and it just in the hair loss is too quick for two years' time from his Plymouth time.
1: We also found...
2: The, annoyed, the, the annoying thing is, John John said to me on Twitter that he played reserve games, so it's not in the friendlies, which would have made it a hell of a lot easier. So yeah. but, uh, we're going to have to admit defeat on this one, and uh, we'll get the answer for next time.
1: Yes, hopefully we will do. Um, and we do- I, I,
2: as soon as he messages me what the... Uh, the answer is, I'm going to kick
1: myself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Fair play, John. It's the first time he's beaten us on this, isn't it? We always mm. seem to win, but, but yeah, we found it. But, a, but on.
2: we've we've got one back for him when we get the answer to this one, haven't yes, we? Yes,
1: it's a belter, the one we found. This really is, is an
2: absolute belter.
1: And if he, if he can name this one, yeah. we will doff our caps. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, Right then, uh, let's get into it. Uh, Behind enemy lines, so for the final time this season, for the regular season, uh, and probably the final time until the playoff final, possibly, if we're playing Solford, I won't be able to find one of their bloody fans, will I? Um, We are speaking to Mike from the Sutton United Talk Time On podcast, which, if you can't work it out, S-U-T-T On podcast, so it's Sutton podcast. Quite clever, actually, it? It took me a while to work it out of my head when he told me it, but there you go. So yeah, it was a good little crack crackhead with Mike. Uh, we basically just discussed um, how they've settled into the EFL uh, in the last two seasons. Um, whether there's any disappointment over missing out on the playoffs after, you know, going on quite an impressive run at one point, actually, looking like they might just sneak in at the last minute. And uh, what's next in terms of the club's development over the next few years? So here's the chat I had with Mike. So yes, here we are for the final behind enemy lines of the regular season. I mean, fingers crossed there that there's no disaster in this game. No offence no uh, Mike who we're about to speak to now. Um, yes, yeah, so we're speaking to Mike from the Sutton United Talk Time On podcast. Now you explained last time, because if you, if you cleverly, if, if anyone's worked it out, if you take the first letters of those and then the on of the first four words, add on and then podcast, it's just Sutton podcast, isn't it? that's the one thank you yes I worked it out I remembered it from last time there you go yeah so we're going to talk to you Mike about all things Sutton Um, let's get straight into it then so you guys are now just coming to the end of your second third ever season in the football league you're on for another comfortable mid-table finish you must be pretty pleased with how things have, have gone so far Cause, I mean, you compare it against some of the other clubs that come up, your likes of your Stockport counties and, you know, your Wrexham your who are going to be coming up and some of the ones who you know are splashing money and throwing it about. You guys aren't doing that, are you? You have to do it a different way and it, it it kind of feels like you're a great example of how to get up and actually be very secure and and do it the right way for a club of your size.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one. We we often kind of get um, thrown out, oh, well, you're in London so you must have lots of fans, and it's like, well, yeah, so there's loads of other teams in London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're sort of fighting for fans, for players. Um, I looked at the attendance table. I'm hoping that you guys um, help us out on this on Monday, but mm-hmm. I think we're on average of 3,200, which is 20th in the league. Yeah, um, Sounds like, oh, it's quite low, but we go back five, six years, and um, that's nearly four times... Well, maybe it's a little bit less than that, but um, our average a couple of years ago was just over 1,000. We were delighted with it, so... Um, we are doing it, we think and hope the right way, as you say. We haven't got enough money to throw around. When we were doing well last season, sort of earlier on this season, one of the songs they sing is something's going up with a tenor in the bank <laughs> to the tune of Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Um, but it's the collective team spirit, really, that, that's got us there.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting about the crowds there, because like you said, you are 20th in the average of tennis player. But like you say, the thing with London is, yeah, there's a lot of people there, but it's also very easy to get around London. So you can go and watch pretty much any club you want, can't you, really? You can get you can get from Sutton to go and watch Arsenal in, in next to no time, and that kind of thing. So that, that has an impact. And, and actually, compared against some of the other clubs that come, I mean, looking at Salford City and the crowds they get, I mean, they've some games they've been struggling to get 1,300 for the home yeah. game, haven't they? So it, it's kind of like... I think, actually, I, 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 think, I don't think you should be too harsh on those tenants. I think it, it's perfectly f I I mean, Macclesfield Town now, who are in the what? They've just got promoted to the uh, Northern Premier League, uh, Premier Division, which is, I think, seventh tier football. Um, They've just been promoted to that. They're getting crowds of 3,500 now, and they struggle to get 2,000 in the Football League when they're in it. Mm-hmm. So it sometimes go to show situations and, you know, how, how your club's doing and the local community get behind it, don't they?
4: Yeah, I mean... The, the the promotions of, of it's a double edged sword. I mean, mm. yes, we did really well last season. We lost out on the playoffs by one point, um, but had we gone up, we would definitely struggled in League One. Which then you would have definitely seen a, a tail off. People people don't want to come and watch a team get beaten every single week. So no. um, it, there's, there's a there's there's a kind of there's a balance. But yeah, we we are our second season ever in the in the football league. Matt Gray is a genius and. He's led us to our three highest league positions in our history with the National League last season and wherever we finished this season. Um, and when you speak to Sutton fans, if you speak to Sutton fans at the start of next season and ask them, what do you want? Every single one of them, we've been conditioned almost to say 50 points. Um, so the first thing is, let's stay in this division and then we'll talk about what happens afterwards. Yeah. Um, so we're happy.
1: Uh, I mean, on that point of, you know, in terms of this season, I mean, is there maybe a little bit of disappointment with missing out on the playoffs after finishing eighth last season? I mean, especially because there was one point I remember we were looking on our pod and we were talking about looking at the form table and we kept saying, sort of really flying at the moment. They're, they're going a little bit under the radar. They could easily sneak into seventh place here. And then it just seemed like you just ran out of a little bit of steam. It definitely
4: is that. we the first 20 minutes of this season against Newport way, way back on the ridiculous yeah. time of July. July yeah. um, we <laughs> lost our, probably our best defender, who yeah. um, swept the player awards last year. He had a knee injury and he was out until we were told to, well, we weren't entirely sure he was going to come back this season, um, but in the end he, he did come back in December. Um, it started a domino effect where we were losing players left, right and centre. I know you told me earlier that you've got one player coming in and then the next one goes out. Yeah. We, we were having this but all in the same position. Um, So we had no central defenders for a while, no midfielders, um, and we were struggling. So we were fighting for every single point, and we were kind of there or thereabouts, always safe, never really troubling the relegation. Then we did really well, and I think that's added to our disappointment, because we did quite well, and we got really close. And I think we came up against Barrow, and if we had won against them, we would have been pushing for that playoff spot. We then drew that game. It then started a run off. I think we drew to Mansfield and I think we then lost to Grimsby and a horrible draw to Warsaw where yeah. they had one shot and I think it was in the 94th minute and um, our keeper, who's been brilliant, spilled it and yes, got right, an equaliser. Yeah. So, um, and I think that just took the wind out of the players a little bit because yeah. all of a sudden, after three years, they didn't have anything to push for. They were safe. Mm. There was no playoffs. And we've been talking about this earlier on my pod going. Actually, I think the players have just kind of subconsciously just got knackered and just we don't know where the next the next win is coming from, which is unfortunate because we still do have some games to play. And we could still finish in the top 10, which would be great for us. But we could also equally finish 16th, um, which would be a little disappointing. But still, start of the season, I would have taken it absolutely 100
1: percent. Your manager, Matt Gray, you mentioned him earlier, um, mm-hmm. done a phenomenal job, hasn't he? You mentioned he's got his, your highest ever finishes in terms of the last three seasons. Um, it's a stupid question to ask, but your fans must be happy with the job he's doing.
4: Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, we've, we've got a lot of old kids old, old like me who've been supporting <laughs> the club for a long, long time. Um, there's a hu- huge contingent of younger fans who... I'm extremely jealous of because over the last twelve years we've come up from um, sort of was the Ryman League to the National South yeah. to the National League to the League Two, so we've had nothing but success for twelve years and we keep kind of get sitting there like oh, it's never going to be like this always, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got even more younger fans and I think some of the newer newer fans are more into League football and they're kind of pointing out this run is a bad run. And I think one of them did a little video on Insta or TikTok saying, um, is it time for Matt Gray to leave? And they got shouted down very, very, <laughs> very quickly. Um, yeah. And the video was removed very quickly. But yeah, a phenomenal job. He's got so much in the bank that um, every every supporter just knows that we wouldn't be where we are without Matt Gray and his, his, his team, his backroom team. He's very quick to point out it's not just him. He's the figurehead, yeah. but he's got a whole team behind him doing a lot of the work um, I've had him on and chatted to him a couple of times and um, afterwards I've sent to the missus and went God I'm, I'm ready to give him 20 minutes and I'm rubbish <laughs> so yeah. God knows what it's like for professional athletes yeah. brilliant <laughs> but yeah brilliant brilliant
1: like yeah um, so talk about the game that's just been the game mm-hmm. against Rochdale because Do we have to? I, I, I can say it, 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 when we were looking through the results yesterday trying to work out you know where are we what's the permutations we're thinking alright we might have to get some of them certain we all took one look at your result and went, 4-1 to Rochdale? You know, already relegated Rochdale. I mean, we kind of got the impression you guys had dropped off recently. We were like, that, that seems a hell of a drop-off. What, what on earth happened in that game? Um, wish we knew. <laughs>
4: <laughs> one of those, we got caught, I think, for the first goal and we didn't really recover very well for the second goal. And, and then our keeper, who he's, he's the reserve keeper and he was given a chance because our first kick he was um, carrying a bit of an injury and wanted to rest him and and he got himself sent off on 30 minutes Uh, so obviously with 10 men our confidence is shot so although yeah looking at the league table we were I think 13 from Rochdale already relegated on the form we'd lost 4 in a row and I don't think we'd won in 9 whereas Rochdale have been picking up points Um, so we had kind of seen this game as that's a real banana skin. Um, mm. And obviously Rochdale were a little bit up for it. It's their, their last ever home game in the football league for a while, maybe who knows. Um, so we knew they'd be up for it. A little bit kind of would be furious if I was a Rochdale fan because um, it's like, <laughs> yeah, where's this be been all season? Be um, exactly think, what you mean. Um, but yeah, we, we could still be there now and, and to be struggling. Um, it's just a serious lack of confidence at the moment. Hopefully, the uh, the week and couple of days will give the guys a bit of a chance to go, right, we need to give a proper send-off, but um, who knows what something's going to turn up. I don't know, but yeah, it was just... I'd love to say it was one of those games, but it's actually a repeat of the uh, scoreline that we had to Colchester the week before, Um Colchester yeah. also in the bottom six. So the first two times we've conceded four goals this season have been to two teams in the bottom six.
1: <laughs> It's the way it is sometimes, isn't it? Just the way it is. Um yeah, so in terms of the, the squad, um mm-hmm. who are the danger men to watch out for in there? I mean, I, I have to admit when I look through, there's a few names I recognise, but it is what you are kinda of one of those teams you, you get a lot of these teams that come up from the non league set up around the London area and you've got a lot of players you've picked up from other non league clubs around the area and from the academies that you know, the, the bigger clubs and who 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 are the men to look out for? So the ones who you won't have to worry about is uh, Craig Eastman, who's he, he kind of
4: he's so instrumental to what we do. He just makes everything tick. Um, but he got a knee injury a few weeks yeah. ago, and, and he's out for the, the well for season. Or yeah. One will go. Um, and Louis John, um, one of our defenders, is also out. Uh, ben Goodliffe is great defender. Kobe Rowe, um, when they're two of them on their game, they're almost unstoppable but very under-characteristic mistakes last couple of games. Um, who knows whether it's just tiredness or, or, or just, I don't know, just nothing to play for. Dave Adjaboy, when he's on his form, he's come back to us on loan in January from Peterborough. We um, sold him to Peterborough in the summer and then took him back in January. When he's on it, you really struggle. I know you mentioned that yeah. um, your, your left wing back is um, having a great season, but if Dave's on it, he'll have a real test. Um Omar Bogle, one of those players yep. that you would love if he's in your team, but he's very easy to dislike if he's
1: up against you. It's a lot of bookings, doesn't he? I noticed that. I think he's got the he worst. Gets, dis- has he got the he worst disciplinary record on the division? Probably, but
4: he gets booked for tying up his shoelaces. <laughs> Seriously, it's, he gets battered and battered and battered. And then the first time he puts a challenge in to kind of like start evening the score up a bit, the cards popping out, and it's like. Come on, even, even taking aside that I'm slightly biased here, that, mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. Um, my, my missus came to a, a game, I um, can't remember who it was, oh yeah, well, it was Swindon against on Valentine's, and even she was saying, he does get kicked a lot, Well, one,
1: doesn't he? So, <laughs> I've I'm, um, I'm just, I'm just double-checked, 13 yellow cards, so he's one ahead yeah. of, uh, I think, two, three other players, basically. In fact, yeah. looking at the three other players, two of them used to play for Carlisle, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot Watton and, and Hayden White, and yeah, Hayden White being up there doesn't surprise you in the slightest. But, but there you go. He,
4: did miss the yesterday's game. Um, so oh, yeah. whether that's an injury or illness, because we've had illness running through the camp as well. So it's, it's a difficult one. I would normally be straight away saying, right, Dave Adjaboy is a great player. Craig Easton, yeah. you want to look for, for Ali Smith, but even Alistair Smith's gone off the boil a little bit recently. So any of them on their day can produce it. Um, but unfortunately, the last few weeks, their day hasn't
1: been a Saturday no. or a Tuesday. Yeah, certainly not. Um... Yeah, in in terms of future ambitions for the club, what what what, what are the club... What are, I mean, establishing yourself as a league club seems to be the obvious thing to do, and you've obviously mm-hmm. done the work on the away end, which we'll ask, I'll ask you about in a minute. But um, what, what what sort of the ambitions now in terms of establishing yourself? Because we, we do see occasionally these clubs come up from the non-league set-up, and some of the ones that come up in London in the past, you know, you've had your Barnets and your Dagenhams, and they, they do well initially, but then they drop off. So is, is the challenge supposed to... To, to get yourself established for like a decade in the football league or something like that
4: well there's, there's two two parts to this answer one is um, 12 years ago we were promoted into the conference south Yeah. seven years ago we were promoted into the uh, conference national two years ago we were promoted into the uh, league two so we've got a five year plan for each <laughs> of these divisions yeah. um, so we, we are putting a little bit of pressure on the manager going well come on you've got to keep up the record mm-hmm. Um. The board are, and I've said this before and it's really boring, but our board are basically a bunch of accountants. They will not put the club's long-term future at risk. Um, it was quite frustrating sort of, in the 90s and the early 2000s when we had a great team. Um, lots of players who were young, hungry and a lot of matches went on to football league players. Um, matches one of them, Nicky Bailey, um, got to Middlesbrough, Millwall, a couple other clubs. Carl fans um, know about Nicky Bailey. Yeah, Let me just um, tell you, he's not a
1: popular <laughs> person with Carl n- fans. So no, there.
4: but he could have stayed, um, yeah. but we couldn't afford it and they wouldn't um, break the way structure. Looking back now, absolutely, because uh, there are other teams around us who did it and they've, they've gone terribly down. But we we um, will be around playing at a similar level in the next 20, 30 years, hopefully a kind of level or two above. They've got lots of work to do off the pitch. They do look at clubs, which is probably a bad example at the moment, but like, like Accrington mm-hmm. saying, well, hang on, how are they doing it with small crowds? Um, what have Brentford done? And they, they're looking at these clubs going, okay, what's the models? How can we do this? Um, but there, there's, I can't see a world where we kind of overextend ourselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're a big target every season. It's boring, as I say, but 50 points, and then we'll see where we are, what we can do from that point onwards. Um, but hopefully, we'll be a league club for many, many years to
1: come. Yeah. Well, we've got about a 1,000 fans travelling down for this game, hoping mm-hmm. that we get the the points that we technically need to secure our place in the playoffs, unless there's a ridiculous nine-goal swing. But as Paul Simpson said, that happened last season. Mm-hmm. So we can't take any risks there. Um, can you tell us uh, what changes have been to the ground since we went last season? Because I went down for that one. And and to be fair, it wasn't the worst away end I've been in. I mean, it's, it's certainly not a borough, if you've ever been to borough. We talk about Barrow's away end a lot on our podcast and how bad it is, but um, it wasn't as bad as that, but you could tell it needed a bit of work and it looks like you guys have done something there now.
4: Yeah, well, that tells me straight away you didn't need the toilet when you were um, at the ground
1: average,
4: because they they were voted one of the worst toilets in in the league about 12 years ago. Um, But, um, yeah, lots of work had to be done. I mean, it seems really silly to say we're going to deal with the away end first, yeah. Um, but firstly, that that end it's the easiest to do the segregation yeah. um, and it was the easiest to identify as going, well actually we've got space to go there um, so you've got, got shiny new stands, I am doing my very best to kind of point out that <laughs> what we need to be doing is putting the away fans in, in the rotten bits of the stadium, um, <laughs> but you've currently got shiny new stands um, there is a um, very sort of well-named fan zone behind it and um, the reason I say that is when we were at Wembley last year, we were very excited to go and see what the fan zone was all about. Because obviously we're small time. We've never had this and rocked up and there's basically a bar and some chairs. <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, OK, that's very underwhelming. Yeah. So we've managed to replicate a fan zone. Um, so you, there's a there's bar and uh, a food truck, I think. And I think you can get in there 90 minutes before the match, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, there's a fan zone in the front entrance as well. And we're not that kind of club. So anyone can... Rock up and they'll get served a beer. Um, but it's, yeah, a lot of work's gone in there. We've got a bit more work to do. I believe the plans have to be submitted before, well, already, I think by the end of April um, to say what we're going to do um, with the remaining uh, work we have to do. And I think we then get a chance to do it, not necessarily this summer, but maybe by the end of next summer, yeah. um, because they like to, give, for all the faults of the FA and the EFL, they like to give chance, uh, teams who've come up a bit of a chance to get the work done because they don't want to spend a load of money and then go
1: straight back down again. But Barrow have had three years to do theirs and they're only really just yeah. getting on to doing it now. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I, I
4: think we can kind of point to Barrow and Harrogate yeah. as well yeah. as examples, and especially as we, and like Harrogate, had to rip up the perfectly fine pitch <laughs> and put down grass. Um, but yeah, we, it, there's a lot to go on, a lot to go do behind the scenes and the, the, uh, the board are kind of very keen to push the narrative of, we are working very hard to catch up with the success on the pitch and yeah. do it right off the pitch. There are things we won't get right and there's things we, we definitely don't get right. But the fact is we learn from it and um, yeah. we try and make it a good experience. And one reason why they want to um, have a pleasant experience for away fans, I'm sure you would have seen um, various things on social media about our stewards, yeah. is we want away fans to come back again mm. um, because... I need your money
1: thanks yeah. um, spend so <laughs> the money yeah it's a weird one because we like when people ask us what's your favourite away day in, in League 2 they've been asking us in pre- recent seasons and almost always all three of us in our pod say Leighton Orient Leighton Orient's in or the best one you'd think well, that's one of your longest ones a season but yeah it's a great day out the grounds are decent you know it's got a mixture of the old and the new there the stewards are really friendly there's some great pubs nearby although the coaching horses doesn't let you in anymore which is annoying for home fans, but that's probably because they've been so successful and they get such big crowds. It's home fans only yeah. that one now, but but yeah, you're right. It it, it makes a difference getting the, the away fans coming, and and yeah, you know, we've had a few teams. Like Tranmere was saying, they'll be absolutely gutted if we go up because it's one of their favourite away days of the season. Yeah. And even the Stockport fans have been out of the league for so long. were saying, oh, this feels like a proper away day. We're coming <laughs> to here, like they're really really excited about the fact that we're getting to come to us again. So it goes to show, isn't it, Mike? You've been very generous for your time. Um, we're going to finish up now. I'm uh, going to ask you for a prediction for this weekend's game. Say weekend. I was Monday game. <laughs>
4: damn it! I was really hoping to go. Although well, we no game on the weekend. That's my <laughs> prediction. There we go. I, I'm going to really sit on the fence. The manager needs to tear into the players. and Needs to really push it to them that they need to kind give us a bit of a send off yeah. for the summer. Um, some of them are out of contract, so they need to be either putting themselves in the shop window or getting a new contract at our place yeah. as well. Um, I think we will put up a good performance. Um, By good performance, I don't mean flowing football. I mean, we Mm -hmm. will be battling for everything. Um, And I do think that um, they'll be well up for it physically. Um, Whereas some of your players may kind of be like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute, we've got playoffs to Mm -hmm. be thinking about here. I'm not saying they'll bottle it or anything like that, but in the back of your mind, you're going to be thinking they're they're quite big, this team. Um, So I I would say we're going to either get a draw or we will nick it in the last few minutes um, to make us all very very happy and you quickly checking results if it was an eight or nine goal swing that is not going to come from our end Mm. Um, so if we
1: win it'll be by one goal Paul Simpson said well, "I always said if we go if we miss out on the playoffs now in the 46th game because of an 8-0 goal swing we don't deserve to be in the playoffs and he's absolutely right with that to be fair so I'll happily take a draw and you know what I'd probably take a 1-0 defeat right now as long as, we're, as long as we're in there and it's all sorted brilliant uh, Mike thanks for your time and well, I usually say all the best for the rest of the season at this point but no, your, your season no. ends this weekend so yeah I hope you have a great summer and you know in the nicest way possible I hope we're not playing you next season I was just going to say
4: hope we don't speak to you soon <laughs>
1: <laughs> cheers mate take care thank you yeah thanks once again to Mike for giving up his time to speak because I did a little bit for his podcast well you can go listen to that if you go and find them on social media I think we retweeted it earlier in the week didn't we I think the bit I did with them so, uh, so yeah there you go so yep yeah, uh, Monday 8th of May 12.30pm kick off that's a Gander Green Lane. I love that name for the ground. It's a brilliant name for a football ground, isn't it really? When you consider some of the other ones that you get. A, um, a
2: ground I vowed never to return to after last season. <laughs> and here, here I am, train booked tomorrow, stopping over.
1: Amazing. I, I nearly booked oh. a stopover. I decided not to. And then I've go down on the day. I'm glad I kind of took the risk. Cause even if it doesn't work out well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> We're going to be yeah. in the playoffs, touch, touch wood. Um, yeah, so uh, going into this one, referee is Darren Drysdale from Lincolnshire. Um, it's Drysdale's 19th season as an EFL referee. He must be one of the most experienced in the league, surely. Yeah. You'd think. You'd think. Probably best remembered, though, <laughs> for the incident he had with Alan Judge when he was at Ipswich a few years ago, isn't he? Do you remember this one? Yeah, yeah. So essentially I think he got suspended, Drysdale from refereeing for a few games or something because he allegedly headbutted. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really a headbutt, was he? He sort of leaned into him and he's an RAF officer, um, is Drysdale. So he's probably not one you'd want to pick a fight with, is he, really? And, no, no. And he towers over Judge as well. <laughs> Judge is only tiny. But there you go. Uh this season he's taken charge of thirty two games so far, handing out ninety eight yellows and two red cards. Nice and round that, isn't it? If he hands out maybe one yellow tomorrow and a red card to a Sutton player. I think to a nice random, doesn't it? Thirty-three yeah, yeah. ninety-nine and free. Yeah, why, why would you do? That? Why would you do that tomorrow? On Monday, even sorry. God's yeah. sake! I'm completely losing track of where we are because of the ridiculous <laughs> weekend. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, last season, he handed out one hundred eleven. Uh, so 113 yellow cards three red cards in 35 games so he's reduced the number he's given out this season Actually, to be fair uh and last united game he took charge of was the 2-1 home win over stevenage last season head to head wise it's only the fourth meeting between the two sides united still haven't beaten Sutton uh, one draw and two defeats um yeah sutton united done we're, we're just saying there we had a little chat um while I was I was sort of queuing in the um Behind the enemy lines a bit, uh, you know I'm, I'm always a bit funny about you know smaller clubs coming up from the non leagues Some you, know, I, I, you want a bit of variety, you want some new teams in there. Some of them you're like oh, the Salford, I'm just not bothered about. I don't, I don't see the need of them being in there. You know, that, I know that sounds a bit elitist and whatever. I just don't. Whereas with Sutton, I actually don't mind the fact that you are getting a, di- a new London club coming up because it's, it's always yeah. ba- it's yeah. always Barnet that comes up, isn't it? It's a, it's a change of scenery. Yeah. I know you vowed you'd never go back, but yeah. but
3: yeah.
2: And like I was I was just saying off air as well, you mm. know, looking at the National League playoffs, there's still a chance Bromley could come up. Byron Webster's Bromley. Yeah, he was nice on the uh... bench the
1: other night, wasn't he? I think when they beat Working. Yeah. It's a real shame for Working that because they've had, like, probably their best ever season at that level. And because, you know, there's three extraordinarily well backed teams ahead of them. Yeah. They're, they're going out in the first round of the playoffs because it's one legged. Yeah. There's not a chance to come back from it. Whereas, you know, and that. I mean you didn't mention the other team that potentially could come up, but we'd we'd rather they didn't, didn't we? The um our old friends at Boreham Wood. Mm. Obviously they're playing in the uh, are they playing Nuts County today or are they playing Chesterfield? I can't remember which one they tomorrow.
2: Time. Tomorrow Sunday.
1: Tomorrow's Sunday, sorry, right. So they are they playing Chesterfield or um uh, Wood?
2: County, them. Boreham Wood it is. Oh come on Nuts County then. That's all I and can say. And Chesterfield be Bromley
1: either way I'm not really fussed on them I mean Chesterfield's not too far to get to. to be fair it's an all right away in, so. but anyway hopefully we'll be playing
2: I've not done, done, not done the new ground yet so. have you
1: not Oh well, we'll, hopefully we'll get a chance next season either because we'll be going up that's the hope yeah. isn't it uh, Sutton United then done um, fair play they've really settled into the EFL life really well considering mm. what happened with them coming up they lost their 4 you know, their three, is it 3G4 I don't know what it's called their, their artificial pitch that they had that brought them in a lot of money and really helped them they had to dig that up, when they came up. That's a loss of income, you know. That's that's a real change for them. But they've settled in really well, and they've never ever looked in danger of being in trouble. In fact, actually, they look more likely to be up the other end of the table, haven't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, uh, the, since the, since their chance of playoffs has gone, their forms really dropped off a cliff, bro, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, it, it, it's a weird one because it was it was draws that cost them. Actually, I think they had two or three draws, yeah. didn't they? That. Just dropped them off. And then at that point, it was kind of like, well, we haven't really got a chance now. And they just, pfft, the form, you know, went through. <laughs> they've lost the last six in a row. You know, I'm tempting fate here massively. But, you know, they haven't won in the last 10. The last win was a 3-0 win over Crawley. At that point, you thought, well, they really could sneak in here. You know, they've got a chance of overhauling the rivers in seventh. But actually, they've dropped off. But, I mean... To do as well as they had, I mean, I'm looking at the table now, they have actually dropped down to 14th, but I don't think that's really a reflection on the season they've had because of no, that no. bad run of form they've had. They could finish, looking here, as low as 16th, but it looks unlikely, to be honest, because Um Well, actually, no, possibly they could actually, if Doncaster wins, so they could finish as low as 16th, but like I said, yeah. they may be looking and thinking, right, we need to sort that out for next season, but... By all accounts, they've had quite a few problems with defensive injuries this season. They've continued for the whole season. I think two of their best defenders have been out for most of the campaign. So to do as well as they have is probably a, a bit of a credit to their manager, Matt Gray, who's done an incredible job there, hasn't he? Over the last three years. or mm. Four years, sorry, I should say. April 2019, he took over. Um, looking through their squad and transfers and stuff, Dan... Um, January, they they brought a few players in. They brought David Adjaboye back, didn't they, on loan from um, mm. Peterborough. who caused us all kinds of problems last season when he played against us, which no, not not great hindsight for for Monday. Um Le in from Bradford. he's Angle's a weird one, isn't he? Because some people seem to rave by him. I've never been impressed with him at all. Have you? No, no, I haven't. Um, one ex-blue who did go out, uh,
2: Kwame Thomas, former yeah. trialist, hmm. went to Dundee on loan. Yes. Bizarre transfer. Dundee who were involved in an incredible game last night. Yeah. To
1: get five, from five free. Five free winnings back, which actually does give us some of dimension in the X blue section. I haven't put it in there, but I've remembered it just before, so I'll remind you of that when we get to that point, Dan. Um yeah, you look at in January that it, it, It's a lot of players other than Angle and Ajiboy that I've not really heard of, if I'm honest. Well,
2: it's one of my sayings, but it's very much uh, uh, M25 roundabout sort of, you know, a lot of these players just go from team to team in that area, which, you know, they're going to, you know, they don't need to travel much further.
1: No, no, you're absolutely right, yeah. Um, I mean, looking in terms of John, uh, one of the early even evening, it's the same with... uh, the ones assigned signed in the summer last uh, August. I mean one of the one of the ones we always pointed out at the time, wasn't it? Was a weird one was Matt Ridley from Whitby Town. I think he's actually yeah. already left. I'm not he's not listed on the um on their squad on um transfer market. I'll have a quick check where he's at now. But that was one we thought, bloody hell, what, where, how are they scouting him? <laughs> it was a very, very strange wasn't it, to bring a lad from Whitby Town down to think. Um oh is at uh no nah, he's at Chesham United now, so I wonder if he's on loan there, maybe possibly. I'm not sure. Um yeah, so yeah, uh, he's online, he right? Thank you. Yeah. Um very solid looking midfield is the first thing that stands out for me when you look at them. Craig Eastman which I don't think he's gonna play. I think he's actually injured possibly, so I think he won't be available for this one. Um Harry Buterman's one he's been about for quite a while, hasn't he? I think. Um and Luke Gambin, who's is he a multi International, I imagine that is he He's a Gibraltar Something role. like
2: that, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty good as well. Isn't it? And will, will
2: Will Randall's been there. Uh, I think he's also injured at the moment. Randall, but he's been uh, a mainstay of the team. Yeah, I mean, Gamb- Gambin seems to be on the bench a lot at the moment. In fact, yeah. he's hardly played.
1: Not mm. he's not played he's not
2: much played at all. No,
1: no. Um, they will. Uh, they did give their backup keeper a chance last week. Bradley House uh, against um, Rochdale. Didn't work out too well that, did it? He got sent off after half an hour. No, sent off (laughs) for 28 minutes. So they had to bring him back in, Jack Rose, the first choice. So he's back in having, I think Rose actually cocked up quite a bit. Um, Right then, Dan, uh, as I've mentioned before, obviously, in terms of form, um, Sutton are currently 24th in the last six games, record of six losses in a row, basically. United 10th, actually, with a record of one draw, three draws, win and a loss. Um, Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're going to be switching to the back three. We're pretty sure of that. Um, what do we do then? How how do you replace Mellish? That's the question.
2: Uh, for me, it's pretty easy. I think it's... Uh, I think it's Whelan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's... I've seen a couple of people saying he's been rubbish when he's played at left centre-back, but...
1: I'm one of them. You know. <laughs> and I just... I've got memories of that Harrogate game and he just didn't cope well with playing there mm. that well. Um, The problem, problem is this. If you do that, what, what are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that Barkley goes into the right centre-back and we put Gibson at the right wing-back?
2: Gib- Gibson at right wing-back. Yeah. Uh, f- speaking of right wing-backs, Finn Bax back's actually posted a picture today of his feet with a ball at them. Hmm. Uh, I would suggest it's far too early for there, but, uh, but playoffs
3: never know
1: final a push I think maybe yeah yeah. Um, we we'll would have to wait and see there was worry that he wasn't going to be back till August wasn't there it was a reoccurrence but Ooh. clearly wasn't as bad an injury as the original which is good for him and hope, hopefully fingers crossed good for us as well um, yeah would you not consider the option of putting armour at left centre back and Robinson left wing back no no you wouldn't do that no, nah. not even just try it out for this game maybe no I, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm and I'm one who thinks Armour will become a centre-back in time mm-hmm. but uh, no nah, why, why change what he's done all season
1: mm, fair I enough. know
2: it's only one game etc but
1: would you consider maybe Barkley as the left-sided centre-back rather than the
2: right-sided uh, no he, he seems a right-sided player just mm. yeah
1: Interesting to see what he does. I, I Personally, I wouldn't be against in the Sutton game having a look at it that way, maybe. I don't want to be too risky and too... to like we're being disrespectful here, but I'd, yeah, I'd be tempted yeah. to try... The, the issue we've got is, and we keep saying this, I know it's looking unlikely that we would, but if we play Stockport in the semis... We, we, we want to finish fifth, though, because if we finish yeah. fifth, we get
2: the, uh, the home advantage second leg.
1: And you're not going to be playing Stockport in the semis, probably. No. So, yeah, that, that's that's the one, I guess. Um, midfield, if if, if,
2: if if we do play well and push on, and we say we're two nil up and cruising, you can maybe try one or two of these things.
1: Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly might work a look. Midfield, uh, obviously, Mellish comes out of that now. Uh, McAlmont did very well to come in as a sub. which seems very obvious. Just drop him in there, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, if 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 you're gonna have Gibson at right wing back. Yeah, I would suggest that McAlmont starts, and then yeah. up front, as we discussed earlier, two partners: Dennis, me.
1: Yeah, um, I'd probably be oh. tempted to go Edmondson for this one. I think maybe I'd, I'd probably start Edmondson and Garneth, and Garner, from, Garner Garn- can come on. Yeah, Garner and Patrick come on later on to yeah. change it. Um, in terms of subs, who comes in for Mellish and Devitt? Then obviously we've got. Well, I suppose the thing is you've got Joel. If you said all this, and Joel Senior's fit. We completely forgot to mention him. Yeah. so he can come in instead of Gibson, can't he? I guess I would
2: say senior will probably be on the bench. Yeah, uh, and Harris, I suppose. Well, you'd say Harris,
1: but you could put Kai Nugent on. There's the option, there, isn't there? I was going to say that. Actually... Is, is match fit? Well, funny enough, um, with and, that, and 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 if,
2: if we are comfortable in the game. Why not give him a twenty-minute run out for this pro sort of possibly,
1: yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, the thing to remember is, what I just, as I said before, nothing's been mentioned, to me, but Edmondson was hobbling a bit when he came off, mm. uh, when he when he came back out after the game. So if he's got so a knock, maybe, maybe Garn start. Yeah, and then know. maybe that is the chance to put Nugent and Harris both on the bench. But yeah, yeah there's options. there. Isn't? I don't think there's anyone else missing out at the moment. Who's not? Who's available? Is there? No, no. I think I'm looking at. Shows Silver's not. Fit, obviously. Dickinson's no, still a bit off. Dickinson, no. no. So yeah, and you know, there's been whispers that Feeney could be fit for the place, but I've heard someone dismiss them and say, "No, he's not. He's not going to be available," is what I've heard. But mm. we will have to wait and see. Um, yeah, we've sort of, we've already touched on what the other teams are playing, out. But I mean, in terms of the place, when you look at, it, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves a bit too much here, but who's your preference to face? I, I, I genuinely
2: am not bothered because. I think Stockport are going up.
1: Yeah. And actually, Northampton um, might not be the worst team to face because...
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think, barring surprise results, I think we're playing Bradford home and away. Do you?
1: Yeah. Do you think they're going to beat Orient more comfortably than Salford can get a result against Chillingham? Possibly.
2: Uh, you don't know. I, I just think it's been set up to be Bradford for a while, but yeah. like I said... It's, after what happened last week, Salford, you know?
1: Yeah, Salford would be nice. I'd quite like to have a big crowd at Wembley for the final. And my worry yeah, yeah. is that we end up playing Salford at Wembley and it's just...
2: Well, if, if, you play, if you play any of Bradford, Stockport or Northampton, they'll at least travel decently, won't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you'd think. You'd be looking at 40,000, 50,000 for the overall crowd. Yeah, for that yeah, least, yeah. You? So that's what nasty. do you think we'd take? 15,000. I'm being realistic again. I one think, one, one I, week, one week notice, tra- no trains on. That's, I
2: that's don't one know. I, I think we might get closer to 20
1: than people realise. Maybe, maybe. I, I just, it's the time as much as that. If, if you had maybe 10 days and it was on a Saturday at like three o'clock. Yeah. Maybe. But I think that Sunday early kickoff trains poor. Yeah. Yeah. Not great, but there you go. Um, right. Uh, let's do predictions then, Dan. Um, you and Mike both gained a point last week and I didn't, so you're one point ahead going into these final few games. What are you going for? You're not going for it. You're barred from picking an 11 0 win, by the way, in this one.
2: Well, I was actually going to go for 16 0 and pick some <laughs> subs as well, but <laughs> <off>. <laughs> I'm going to go for a comfortable 3 1 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Dennis will score, Owen Moxon will score, and Paul Huntington. Okay,
1: I'm going for 3-0, and I'm going to go for Joe Garner to get another. Um, um, Alfie McCallman and uh, Corey Whelan to get one. Why not? Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's blow my chances of uh, winning the competition this season. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, Mike sent in his prediction, so here's what Mike
3: had to say. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win with goals from Dennis and Garner. Oh, well, he's covered us both off there, hasn't he,
1: basically? they yeah. <laughs> so have our goal, scorer. score. There you go. Right, X-Files time, Dan, to wrap things up. Yeah, uh, so-so. A few knocking about. Uh, Connor Townsend,
2: uh, not mm. one we mentioned too much. Scored for West Brom as a beat Norwich, 2-1 at home. It's it's mad that Connor Townsend actually played for us when you think about it. You know, yeah. you, you forget. Kind of
1: forget. Yeah, you do, you do yeah. forget when, he, when he, cause he was that long ago, wasn't it? It's just...
2: Yeah, uh, Cole Stockton got a double. Uh, great escape on for Morecambe. Big weekend in League One. He scored Huge, twice as uh, they picked up a massive 3-2 victory at home to Lincoln. His Lincoln actually space of been of quite two. good away recently. So. Yeah,
1: that's Stockton's second yeah. brace in the space of two weeks, isn't it?
2: As yeah. well? Uh, Making headlines for good reasons. Kyle Dempsey scored for Bolton in a 2-0 win over former team Fleetwood. Mm. Uh, Andy Cook scored for Bradford as they beat Northampton 2-1 last weekend mm. uh, Patrick Bruff got a red card sent off uh, for Barrow in their defeat at Hartlepool uh, it could be his last appearance for the Bluebirds because he'll be suspended this week because it was a second yellow and mm. rumours, there are rumours that Wrexham are sniffing about him I
1: have no a, idea
2: if it's move, true I have no idea if it's true just what someone told me mm. Uh Adam Campbell scored uh, gates at 4 0 win over Maidenhead. And Cameron Selkold scored for Clyde in their two one defeat at Dunfermline. Mm. Uh, midweek, as we've sort of already mentioned, Andy Cook for Bradford in that mad 3 2 loss at crew. Uh promoted and relegated trophies. Jared Branthwaite scored an own goal. I don't know if anyone's seen this, but he was actually quite unlucky. It wasn't yeah. much he could do about it. But he got a winner's medal as PSVB Ajax 3 2 on penalties after a one all draw. Ooh. I watched a bit of this game, and uh, it was uh, some penalty shootout. Hitting the yeah. bar, post, keeper <laughs> saved, brilliant.
1: The Dutch are never very uh, good at penalties, are they? <laughs> They're uh, one
2: country worse than England, aren't they? Promotions Oliver Norwood, Sheffield United. Uh Macaulay Gillespie and Sam Cosgrove for Plymouth who were managed by Stephen Schumacher. Yeah. Uh Richard Keogh at Ipswich Town. I forget he's there.
1: I completely forgot yeah. Richard Keogh was there,
2: yeah. Uh Adam Murray and Chris Beach at AFC Fylde The management uh,
1: team, Work-
2: right? Workington, there's loads. Danny yeah. Eccles, Charlie Birch, Dan Wordsworth, Keelan Conor Conotinian, Dav Simonton, Keelan Leslie, Stephen Rigg and Danny Granger manager, obviously. Yeah. Uh, relegated Ben Amos and Charlie Wake at Wigan and Gary Medina and Jenny Yates at Blackpool. That's two good games in League One. If we were to go up,
1: yes, before you go into the other one, Dan, just to say there is one more promoted. One I missed last night, and I spotted when someone sent me a screenshot from the uh, um, Queen's Park v Dundee game. Assistant manager of Dundee, Billy Barr, so
2: he's and been Kwame Thomas formal yeah. trialist, if we're pushing the boat out. If we really are pushing the boat out, that yeah, might, yeah. there you go. But I uh, know uh, Wigan and Blackpool both uh, come down finally, two good yeah. potential games if we can get into League One, and Reading joined them, didn't they? Huddersfield mm. pulled off a great escape, so Fantastic. if we did go up, we'd play Reading for the first time since 1982.
1: Wow, it's the first ever time yeah. in a would not it? So
2: and a, a random other news John yeah. Holliday former defender mm. uh, has got a new job at Gretna yeah not As the Gretna football the club hotel. I should say <laughs> yeah. hotel type industry and weddings yeah. and yeah. yeah
1: brilliant stuff brilliant stuff there right that's it then Dan that's everything covered um, thank you very much once again to our sponsors the Cali Knight Sports Club London Brunch um, what have we got coming up we'll do a playoff special um, obviously before the uh, the first leg we'll then do, we'll do a sort of different one for the second leg. We, we won't do a regular sort of preview because obviously we'll have previewed whatever team we're playing anyway. So, well, we'll be able to review the first game, won't we? Yeah, we'll review the first game and we have a quick look ahead to the next game. But it's yeah, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. But there you go. So um, yeah, that's it. Um, thanks for joining me, Dan. No bother. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and most importantly, for all up the blues, up the blues.